Hi there. Welcome to the Purpose Preacher Podcast. My name is Dr. Samuel Ekondaya, the Purpose Preacher. This podcast is geared towards helping you discover your life's purpose so you can maximize your potential. Come with me and let's get to the next episode. All right, let's get into intimacy with God. But before I get into all I have to share with you, there's a story that I want to share with you. Um, and you may already know if you're one of those people close to me. Um, so my wife and I, we met online. We met um, on a platform called highfive.com. Okay. And um, this was after myspace.com, which was a powerful social media network um, at a particular time around the early 2000s. Um, I think it was just before the era of Facebook. And Facebook had just come out then, if I remember very much well. Uh, but we met online. And um, someone had introduced us online. Uh, and when when we met, um, we started with friendship. This was in 2007. Um, and I found this lady really interesting. The more we talked, the more we wanted to talk. The more I knew her, the more I wanted to know. Um, so literally every single day we would talk online. This was the era of the time in Nigeria where um, you know people had internet for a specific time of the day. So they only had the internet um, at a specific time, whereas I was in Singapore, and at the time it was early hours of the morning or thereabout, and it was almost about night, late night at their end. Um, so that was when they had the internet. So I remember as we grew fonder, as we grew uh, closer, I would, um, you know, I would miss classes because I was a master's student then, so I could just talk to her, so I could spend more time with her. And this is something about intimacy. The more you, you know, um, get to know someone, the more you want to know. That's that's a sign that you're being intimate. That you 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 you're not satisfied with surface knowing. You want to go deeper. There's something more. You know, every single day, the more time you spend with the person, it's like the more time you want to spend. It's like there's something more to unravel. There's something more to know. Um, and that interest was just growing every single day. Um, to to the point of me, of course, missing classes from time to time. Um, but I was intentional because I just wanted to get to know this lady. So the whole friendship started um October. Um, 2007, thereabout. And I remember March 2008, after us talking almost every single day, um, you know, I decided in my spirit, in my heart, that I was going to take it further. You know, that I was going to get to the next level of commitment. I was going to ask her, in quotes, to be my girlfriend, and we were going to embark on courtship. And I asked her, um, interestingly, at the time, of course, she said no a few times and said things like around the fact that um, she would like to wait on God, she would like to go to the university. And But after much ado, um, finally, I think on the 14th of March 2008, she said yes to my proposal. And we started the relationship officially. Okay. Um, and we didn't set eyes on each other, all right, because I was living in Singapore, she was in Nigeria again until 2010 but we were talking every day 
we were talking about all things, um, the things we love. Um, um, you know, we were talking about the kind of, um, you know, um, um, person we like to marry, uh, our relationship with God, the quiet times we're having, having every day, you know, those things that, you know, <laughs> people in relationship talk, talk about. But we didn't get to set eyes on each other until 2010. So I'd moved to New Zealand to study my PhD around the time. And I had made my PhD, I had made Nigeria, um, um, you know, my case study for, for my PhD. So I, I decided to come to Nigeria. Um, I couldn't afford it with my own money. So I needed, <laughs> I needed something to help me be able to come to Nigeria uh, to be able to afford it. And it was my PhD. Um, research. So I'd come to come to, to come and get data to collect data uh, in Nigeria uh, at the time. So we got to meet. The only thing was that I came to Nigeria with a broken leg. <laughs> I um I was playing soccer at the time and I had dislocated my knee. So uh, literally I was walking like this. I was limping. Uh, but I I came. But I had told her before, obviously. So that was the only thing that was different from the <laughs> from the able. From the able um, me that, um, of course, we've talked about a lot um, and all, but everything was everything was wonderful. It was great, you know, seeing each other face to face, uh, no regrets, no issues. Um, um, even at that time, I remember in that same 2010, we entered into another level of our relationship, which was that we became, um, we introduced, our families introduced themselves to each other. Luckily at the time, my dad was able, also able to come to Nigeria then and were able to do uh, a mini introduction between the two families. So our relationship was, you know, going on these different levels. The next time we were able to set on uh, eyes on each other again was in 2012. If you're following me and if you've just joined, I'm talking about how I met my wife and the journey right, of intimacy. We're talking about intimacy with God. In 2012, when we saw each other, my wife came to New Zealand to come and spend about five to six weeks um, you know, with us, um, not with me. <laughs> she wasn't living with me because we weren't married then. Okay. Uh, but she had come to New Zealand and she, you know, spent about six weeks and that we were able to get to know each other again, a bit more. The next time we we're going to see each other after that 2012 or 2013, that we were getting married. Yeah. It was May, 2013. Boom. And we got to the altar. But spending all of those time, remember, we met in 2007. We're talking every single day. Yeah, if you still remember that story. So 2007 all the way to 2013 right here. Um, we're talking about that's equivalent of about five to six years, right? And then I married this amazing woman, love of my life. She's actually uh, online at the moment. <laughs> all right, love of my life. And I realized I do not know this woman. I mean, all of our conversations, right? We were asking each other questions. We were wanting to know each other. We we're asking, what's your best favorite, favorite, what's your favorite meal? <laughs> you know, what's your favorite color? Uh, what do you like to do when you're angry? <laughs> you know, those questions that you ask people and you've never actually seen them angry, but they tell you when I'm angry, I'm always calm. <laughs> You know, when I'm angry, I don't, I don't say anything. I just walk away. <laughs> you know, um, do you pray every day? Say yes, but you don't get to know the real answer to those questions until you begin to live with the person. Let me say that again. You do not 
know someone until you or you don't not know someone enough until you start living with them if you agree with me say yes in the chat if you agree with me say yes you do not know someone until you start living with them you can think you know someone or you 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 can think you you know the best of someone because you've been talking to them every day because you've been asking them questions every day because you I don't know <laughs> you see them on Instagram every day you send each other DMs whatever it is or you go on dates together mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I hear you <laughs> just wait till you start living with them and then you know <laughs> that you ha you have no idea who they are that was the case. That was, I, I, and then I started to realize some things about my wife. I'm like, ah, but I thought I asked that question. <laughs> and I'm sure she too would have been like, ah, but I thought I asked you, what are you like when you get angry? What are you like when, you, when you're hungry? What are you like when you're this? When it, but it was not like we have described to each other at all. It was a different experience. Let me give you an example. For instance, I realized, you know, <laughs> that my wife, you know, um, came from a family where they operated, uh, everything operates at the level of abundance. <laughs> you know, um, for instance, if you ask my wife to make you uh, hot chocolate, for instance, right? Or you ask my wife to make you Milo, what some of us got Milo or Bonvita, you know, back in Nigeria or Africa. You know, um, my wife's own Milo, Milo or, uh, or chocolate would be very thick. You know, you will see the chocolate will be very, 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 very thick. <laughs> Unlike if you ask me to make make my, um, you know, Milo hot chocolate, mine will be very, very watery. <laughs> Because I come from a family where, you know, uh, most of our lives when I was growing up, right, it was a very humble background, humble beginning. We were always trying to make sure that things, um, things last longer. <laughs> You know, because if you go and make hot chocolate and it's very thick, what are you going to take tomorrow? <laughs> what will other people have? You know, for instance, if you ask, you know, my wife to cook, you know, um, stew, you know, the popular stew, Nigerian stew that we put on rice and all of that, the, the rice will be very thick. It will be so beautiful. Some people say, hey, it's beautiful. There was a time, I think I was sharing this story somewhere. My wife was like, but you never complain. I said, how about? How am I supposed to complain? It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's just that my, the moment the moment I see the food or the thickness of the something, my eyes is calculated. Oh my God! Oh, money has finished. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. Even though I'm not complaining, but you know, and I'm enjoying it obviously. But I'm thinking, oh my God, how much money has gone into the, into this hot chocolate, into this stew, into this you know because i came from a, a, you know a very humble beginning or background where you manage everything you know and let me give you one more example and then i you know relate to you some of the key things i want you to get from that story as relates to intimacy with god um <laughs> my, my wife never have enough clothes for instance and i know that this is something like you know most ladies you know that is common to most ladies they, they don't have enough clothes but what's special about my own wife is the fact that Anytime there is an event, right? Anytime there is an event, my wife must get a new cloak. 
<laughs> and for me, you know, um, where I'm coming from, oh my God, even if you're, you know, you know how like during Christmas time, uh, it's common then, it's really for, for, from Nigeria, uh, Christmas would be the time that you get new clothes. That's like the, you know, uh, common thing where kids will ask their parents for new clothes because it's Christmas, obviously, it's a new year and all. In my family, it's not like we don't like those things. And there, there are a few times my parents might be able to afford it, but it's not common. It's not a tradition. Not to now talk of anytime there's a, an event, there's a party, someone is celebrating their birthday, we have to buy a new clothes. My wife would be like, I don't have clothes. Ah, like, you don't have clothes, care. <laughs> what about the one we bought last week? What about the one we bought two weeks, two weeks ago? You know, and I started to realize I didn't know this woman at all. You know, um, you know. Of course, at the time, at the initial stages, these were things that used to cause a lot of rift between us because I'm, I'm always shocked. For instance, when she says, "I don't have clothes," ah, I'll be like, "What do you mean?" You know. Um, but these sort of things got me realizing that what I, uh, you know, who I thought I knew um, um, is, is not who I'm living with. Who you are living with is very different. Um, you get to see people more in their element when you come close to them. And I, I make bold to say that's the kind of relationship God wants to have with you. He wants to live with you, live in you, you know, and that's the level of intimacy that God wants to have with us. And that's what I want to share with you today on four levels of knowing. All right, four levels, four levels of knowing. We'll continue this next week because I have not even got into anywhere, but I want you to catch something from that story. There's number one level of knowing, which is what I call the introductory knowing. You know, sometimes we think we've known someone just because they introduced them to us or maybe because we have introduced, you know, ourselves. Um, you know, so is, someone can ask you now, do you know Dr. Sam? I, 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 I know that because I'm very well, very well. In fact, I, I watch his live video every week. I um I know his wife. I know his children. His children are called the Purposeful Brothers. <laughs> but okay, so what does he like to eat for lunch? What does, you know, they, they, then you are stuck. So that is what I call introductory. Hearsay, what people say, all right, about someone, what people say about the person. That's all you know. Or what they've even said about themselves only. That's all you know. That's introductory knowing. Number two, there is what I call the informational knowing. This is what we call the, the book knowing, the research knowing. This is the kind of knowledge many of us have about God, all right? Um, 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 when, when it comes to book knowledge, some of us have book knowledge about God. You probably may have even read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but do you really think you know God? <laughs> do, you, do you think you know God enough? You know, do you think that is enough knowledge of God? Some of us, we read every day, we read commentaries, we read concordances, we read, you know, all these things, but we may not know God enough yet. All we just have is informational knowledge, informational, incomplete, sometimes very superficial, you know. Um, uh, oh, do you know Dr. Sam? Yeah, I've read his books. You know, I've, in fact, I've read all of his books. <laughs> I remember I used to say that about Miles Monroe, the late Dr. Miles Monroe. I would say, I've read all of his books. Excuse me, that's just informational knowledge. Have I lived with him? No. Do I know what he, what he has for lunch? No. 
Number three level of, of intimacy or knowledge is what I call the interest knowing. Some of us have moved past the introductory knowing that we, we, you know, we're introduced to someone or we're introduced to God, to who God is because you go to church um, or informational knowledge because you read your Bible. And, and there's a third one, which is interest. Okay, you start to have some interest. You, there is this desire in you to, 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 to reach a level of commitment to knowing God. So you start coming to church. That's interest knowing. All right. It's religious knowing. One of my very good friends, Joshua Singh, we often say, you know, that religion is living someone else's idea of who God is. When you are yet to catch a personal encounter and revelation of who God is, you are just doing religion. Let me tell you the truth. You are just doing religion. You know, somebody said, this is how God is. Um, God is merciful. God is great. God is amazing. God is, you know, all just, but you also know the other side of God. Do you know he's also a consuming fire? <laughs> you know, do you, do you, there are so many people, you know, who have one knowledge of God because of religion and then they see God in another light and then they are confused or they are angry or they are hurt or they are pained. You know, they, 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 they've, they've come to know God as a God that, you know, that always provide them their daily bread give us our daily bread as we forgive you know forgive us our, uh, all of our sins as we forgive those who who's, who we, they don't see god in another light all right and, and that's just interest knowing do you have a personal knowledge of who God is. Have you had an encounter with God, that burning bush experience that gives you this, this sort of confidence that you have met God, you know, in his element, that you have seen God, you've heard him, you know him, you can hear his voice. You know, it reminds me of this story of uh, Samuel when he was a young boy, right? He had been in the temple for so long, right? His, his, his mother had dedicated him to, to serve in the temple and every single day we serve in his temple, he had his duties and every single thing. But but that was just interesting knowing. He, he did not know God until one day. The Bible, in fact, said that Samuel did not know God. You know, until one day God called out to Samuel and said, you know, Samuel, Samuel. And he did not know that it was God that was calling him. See, the problem with interest knowing is you will never be able to discern the voice of God for yourself. Oh, my God. Did somebody catch that? You caught that. Type it out. Type it out if you're not driving. Interest knowing will make you not to recognize the voice of God. But there is another level of knowing, which is the level I want you to aspire and get to from today. This is what the highest level of knowing, what I call the intimate knowing. The intimate knowing is the knowledge of God that you never get enough of. And you can hear his voice and he hears your voice. Let me say that again. Where you know God and God knows you. Oh my God. It is one thing to know God and it is another thing for God to know you. It is one thing to know God. It's another thing to also be able to hear his voice. Where you are confident that your father can speak to you. You can hear from God. I put up something on this new app, you know, Treads app 
just today, and I was sharing there, and I said that um, uh, uh, that God will never show you where he cannot take you. And a lady responded, I don't know her, you know, and she responded and she said, you know, what if, what if, you know, God God is silent, you know, and you're in a place where you're just uh, 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 confused and don't know what to do, you know, and, 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 and you know, in, in my spirit, I'm like, okay, yeah, there is a level of knowledge you have of God, and you, and you know that when he's silent, you still do not panic. You do not panic. You wait. That's what we call waiting on God. Those that wait on the Lord shall be uh, 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 shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run. They will not faint. They will walk. They will not be weary. You know, you you, you know that God is there. Even if you know, don't hear his voice, you are conscious of his presence. You still have the peace that passes all understanding with you. You are not panicking. You are not moved. You are not in a haste. You are not in a rush. You are not in fear. You, are, you still have sound mind because you know your God. No one at the Bible says those who know their God will be strong. No matter what it is that is coming at you, no matter what it is that is, you know, that is that is encumbering your life, you once you you just know your God, you're able to discern his move, you're able to discern his thought, you're able to discern his presence, you're able, you, you, you don't you don't panic where others panic. Is that knowledge of God that made Job say these words when he said, even though he slayed me, <laughs> yet I will trust him. Do, uh, do anyone that makes such a statement in the middle of what Job was in, my brother, my sister, that person really knows God. <laughs> in fact, his wife looked at him and said, cause this God. And just because I mean, <laughs> if he's looking at you, you know, going through all of this, he must not, he must, he must not love you. He must be a wicked God. He must be this. So just curse him. And, and Job said, even though he slay me, even though he slay me, Yet, I will trust him. Even though, can you make such a statement? Or are you one of those people that you just have an interest knowing of God, a religious knowing that it is only when everything is going right that you claim to know God. It's only when everything is going smoothly that you claim to love God. It's only whenever, this is this is what happens in many marriages as well. You know, when everything is rosy and nice and everything, oh, they are married, they're in love. They say, people say they're in love. <laughs> but wait for a challenge. Wait for something to go wrong. And, and all of a sudden, they are no longer in love. All of a sudden, there's irreconcilable differences. All of a sudden, they can no longer move forward. All of a sudden, there's no way forward. All of a sudden, everyone, you know, it needs to go in different directions. There's a level of knowing that is intimate enough to push through challenges, to push through crisis together, to, to hold hand. That, that's a level of walk with God that Enoch had with God. Ah, the Bible says Enoch walked with God until he was no more. Ah, you know, you, do you, do you, do, have you ever meditated on that scripture? That Enoch walked with God so much that he was, in other words, God, God, he was working with God to a level that God said, we need to take this relationship to another level. <laughs> I'm not, I, I want more with you, Enoch. I want more than just than just relating with you from heaven to earth <clears throat> and i and i can't i can't wait to the time you have to die and then you know i'm snatching you right now this very minute i love my work with you i love my relationship with you i love the way you love me and this is god saying i'm snatching you from the earth right this minute because i love this fellowship that we're having together enoch walked with god until he was no more
want to pray for you and myself inclusive. That will be like Enoch. Where our walk with God will be such that it isn't about what we'll get from him. It isn't about uh, just an interest, hearsay, what we read in the books, what we read in the Bible, what our parents told us because our parents took us to church. No, 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 no. We will come to that place of intimacy, of dancing with God and tangoing with him like Enoch did to a point where God himself will be like, this relationship is so, so beautiful. I mean, when I look at the life, uh, the life of Paul the Apostle in Philippians chapter 3, I mean, how could someone have known God to a level that he had written, you know, uh, uh, we had gone past the face of Acts the Apostle to Romans, to 1 Corinthians, to 2 Corinthians, to Galatians, to Ephesians, and this man is still saying that I may know him. <laughs> and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, like, excuse me, Paul, do you not know him enough yet? <laughs> Like, have you not walked enough with him? I, I, I mean, is somebody following me? If Paul at that level is still saying that I may know him, that I, that in, in other words, I do not yet know him. Oh my God, I still want to know more. There is still more to know. There is still more to know. And because of that reason, I'm going to read my Bible every day. Because of that reason, I'm going to fellowship with him. Because of that reason, I'm not one of those who who just pray for the sake of religion. I mean, let's just do plus Jesus, men or Satan, so that God will not be angry. No, 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 no. Let us, it will be a kind of a case where I am praying because I want to hear from my father. It's not religious prayer. We don't do 100 days fast because they ask us to do 100 days fast. We don't We don't pray because they said, somebody will ask you, have you prayed? <laughs> We're not reading our Bible because we will feel guilty when we haven't read. No, 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 no. It will come out of a place of loving the father. It, it will come out of place of wanting to know more about the Father. It will come out of place, uh, a place of not just wanting to, to pray, but wanting to have a conversation with the Father. It will come out of a place of wanting fellowship with the Father. You know, um, on some days when I, when I sit at this, my desk, this is my desk, um, for some of you follow me on social media, you've seen some of my videos of, of how this place is like my own sort of man caves, like sanctuary. And this is where I pray. And many times if I see that this desk or I just take walks, speaking in tongues, on some days I don't feel like standing up. And I'll just be there. And I'll just be there. And I'll just be there. On some days I'll be on my keyboard and I'll just be there. And sometimes I, I would not even know time had gone. Oh, I long to make that every day. By that, I'm telling you that I, even I, still have a long way to go. You must come to that place where it's not just, you know, this prayers of intercession alone. You come to a place where your prayer is full of, Father, I love you. I love you, Lord. I, I, I worship you, Lord. You're my God. You're my King. They're prayers of intimacy. You know, they are prayers of Psalm 139. You know, Psalm, Psalm 139, you know, in my, you formed me in, a, in my innermost being. You, you know who I am. You know, it's not just a prayer of, Father, give me money. Help me to pay my bills. Father, who am I going to marry? Lord, it will be a prayer of intimacy, a prayer of love, a prayer that is laden with, 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 with the desire of one lover to another lover. A prayer that you can't get enough of your maker. That where God becomes your love song, 
where God becomes your heart and you keep having that heart-to-heart conversation. I hope this has helped you. I'm going to stop here. Hey, I hope this episode was a blessing to you. If it has blessed you, please do share it with your friends and family. If this is your first time on the Purpose Preacher podcast, kindly subscribe so you never get to miss another episode. I want you to read the show notes for this episode as well so you get to find out the steps you can take to literally take action on this episode that you have listened to. I believe this has been a blessing to you. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.